Well, we now come to the last in our series in John's Gospel. And uh, we've been going through on Sundays, as you know, the I Am Sayings of Jesus. And now we come to uh, a passage that uh, puts it all together, I think. And it's right at the end of John chapter 8. I won't read you the whole passage. Jesus is having a big uh, discussion stroke argument with the Pharisees, uh, with the teachers of the law. And uh, um, they're arguing with him. And uh, it says here, uh, Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham. Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. That's an amazing uh, passage. It's an amazing claim. And uh, Jesus in John's gospel, as well as the other gospels actually, regularly seemed to have arguments with the Pharisees. A lot of the arguments in John's gospel were about who he is. And he made incredible claims about himself and they didn't like it. And he didn't back down. He didn't back off his claims. And there's a reason for that. It's not that Jesus loves a good argument. It's not that Jesus couldn't wait for Twitter in order to say what he really thinks. It's because truth matters. And Jesus knew that truth matters. And especially that's true in our day where everyone's got their own truth and there's fake news, so-called, and everyone, people make stuff up. Um, even just well, I won't go into that. Even just this week, you know, I posted something and, and it was a quote by someone and it's a good quote. And I got some comments back um, about how bad that person was. And it was like, guys, do we really need to do that? Do we really need, can't we just, do, do we have to point out everyone's fault all the time? And uh, uh, Jesus would not back off because truth really, really does matter, especially the truth about who he is. He didn't back off because God wants to be the centre of our universe. He doesn't just want to be the centre of our, our universe for his sake, but for our sake. He wants to be, if you like, our North Star um, idolatry begins when we start thinking wrong thoughts about God. And that's why in John's Gospel we see Jesus is clearly, clearly proclaiming truth about who he is. If it wasn't the truth, he would be the most arrogant person there is. But actually it is the truth. God wants to be recognised. He wants us to recognise him. 
and he looks like Jesus and Jesus looks like him. That's why this is so important. It's really important that we recognise people. And when we don't recognise people, when we don't realise who they are, it can be a little bit embarrassing. Some years ago, I was invited to speak uh, at a church in North London, which shall remain nameless. No, it won't. It was St Barnabas, North Finchley. And I was invited to go and preach at their evening service. And I didn't want to be late. It was a number of years ago. And, uh, uh, and so I left very early, just in case traffic was bad. And I got there between one and a half hours and two hours before the service started. And the worship band were practicing, so the church was open. And I went in and I slipped in at the back and I was tired. And uh, it would looked like a comfortable-ish pew, if you can have a comfortable-ish pew. And I thought, you know what, I've got one and a half to two hours to kill. I'll just lie down. And I lay down on the pew in order um, to have a little doze and, and to replenish. And I didn't used to dress as well as I do now. Uh, it's possible that I arrived a little bit scruffy. I was not in those days the fashion icon that I have become in the last few years. And unbelievably, they thought that I was a homeless guy who'd come in uh, to have a sleep at the back. And they were clearly having a conversation about what they should do. And the church warden and another guy came in case I caused trouble and woke me up and um, said that they'd give me a sandwich and then I would need to go. <laughs> and it took me a little while to think, what are they talking about? Why would I want a sandwich? And I, well, I'll go after I've preached. And then I suddenly realised what they thought I was or who they thought I was. And, um, and I said, uh, I'm actually preaching tonight. I've arrived early the look of horror on their faces, the shock, the mortification as they realised that I wasn't just some random homeless guy. I was indeed Mike Pilavachi, the preacher. Mike Pilavachi, the great Greek chef. Mike Pilavachi, the, the, the fitness instructor the one who, who, who is a fashion icon, all the other things that now are so well known about me, they suddenly realised, and when they realised that they hadn't recognised me, and now they did, everything changed. They treated me differently, except I didn't get a sandwich. When Jesus, when God came to earth, he wasn't recognised. He came to his own, but his own did not recognise him, did not receive him. He came to his own, but they didn't realise who he was. And the reason they didn't realise is because, in a sense, he came in disguise. They were expecting a conquering king, and he came as a suffering servant. 
And the problem that they had was when he made these amazing statements about himself, they were saying, it can't be. You look like a bit of a homeless guy. You do not look, you look like a suffering servant. You do not look like a conquering king. But Jesus knew that it was vital that they should know who he is. And the background to this amazing statement he makes comes in Exodus chapter 3, when God encounters Moses at the burning bush. And as he speaks to Moses, and he says to Moses, you've been in the desert of Midian on your own for 40 years. Now I want you to go back to Egypt and lead my people out of their slavery, out of their captivity towards the promised land. And Moses had lots and lots of questions, lots and lots of doubts. And one of the main ones was, God, what shall I say your name is? When I go back, they're going to ask me, who is this God? What, what's his name? Who, who, who is he? What, what's your qualification for speaking about him? And the Lord replied, I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you to them. God gave himself a name and the name he gave himself was I am. And the big question that they could have asked and probably did ask and the main question that we would all want to ask is I am who God? Finish the sentence. Who are you? You can't just say I am. He didn't finish the sentence. For thousands of years, the sentence remained unfinished until Jesus came, because Jesus came to finish the sentence. And where God said to Moses, I am, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the doorway by which you enter uh, the kingdom. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine. He finished the sentence uniquely. Jesus revealed who God is. That's why it's important. That's why it's vital that we know who he is. And when uh, he says here, before Abraham was, I am, it's interesting. He didn't say before Abraham was born, I was. He doesn't just say that. He says before Abraham was born, I am. They knew what he was saying. That's why they took up stones to throw at him. They knew that he was claiming to be God and they were saying, he can't be. He's the illegitimate son of Mary. He's, he's a carpenter's boy. It doesn't make sense. He doesn't act like the Messiah, like the Christ, like the Saviour that we are expecting. He, he hasn't come as a conquering king. They didn't recognise him. Why is it important? 
Why does it matter that we know who he is? Why have we done this series? Because when we know who he is, then we begin to know who we are. He is our creator, our father. That means we are children with a purpose. If he is our creator and our father, if we were created, we were created for a purpose. And if he is our father, we are not illegitimate. We are children. We are children of God. We are children with a purpose. If he is, I am, there's a consequence. And this isn't an original Pilavachi. Others have said it before me, a number of others, but I love it. If he is, I am, then that has to mean I am not. For many of us, that is a relief. It means I don't have to be, try and be the bread of life. I don't have to try and be the good shepherd or the way, the truth and the life. I don't have to be the true vine. If he is, I am, then I am not. For many of us, it's a relief. For some of us, it's a bit of a disappointment because we'd love to be God, because we'd love to be someone very, very special, because we'd love to be perfect. The only problem is there's only room for one saviour in this town. There's only room for one saviour in our world and his name is Jesus. And so if it, if it, if it means that, that I am not, that's a relief for some of us and humbling for others of us. For many of us, it means I don't have to pretend I don't have to try and be something I'm not. I go to him. I go to the great I am. And he is my source of life. And that's what we've been saying over these weeks. Last week, Andy sharing brilliantly, I am the vine, you are the branches. Our job is to remain in him. He is the way, the truth and the life. I don't have to try and be the way or the truth or the life. I can just be his follower. So if he is the great I am and therefore I am not, there is another wonderful truth and that is this. I am not, but I know I am. I am not but I know the one who is, I am. And it, when I know him, it changes everything. When I know who he is, that's why we've been doing this series on John's Gospel, because we've realised that, that, that knowing him, knowing him is a game changer. It really, really is. If I am not, but I know I am, it means his power is made perfect in my weakness. If he is I am and I am not, but I know I am, it means, it means that he is the treasure in my jar of clay. It means it's all about him. The secret 
of living the Christian life is trusting his love, his power, and his will. We can only do that when we know him to be loving and powerful and when we trust that he knows what he is doing. We can only trust him if we know him. To know him, as the song goes, is to love him. To know him is to worship him. To know him is to serve him. That's how it works. Jesus asked three times, three times, in, in the last part of John's Gospel, he asks Peter three times, do you love me? Now Peter had just messed up. He, he'd disowned him three times. He'd betrayed him three times. He denied that he even knew him three times. And then after the resurrection, Jesus has one question, one question, and he asks Peter three times, three times to fit with the three denials to affirm him. And he doesn't ask, listen, he does not ask, will you never mess up again? He doesn't ask, will you never deny me again? He doesn't ask, will you stop asking stupid questions, Pete? He doesn't ask, will you work really hard for me and the gospel? He just asks one question, do you love me? Do you love me? That's the only qualification. And if you love me, you can feed my sheep. If you love me, I can use you. Not if you're very gifted, very talented, have great ability, have great fashion sense, or you can cook well. The only thing he looks for is, do you love me? The greatest commandment is that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, with all that we are and all that we have. The greatest commandment is not that we feed the hungry, that we care for the broken, that we are good parents to our children, that we are good citizens. All those things really matter. They're good things. They're godly things. But they're not the great, they're not the source. They're the consequence. They're the outflowing. If you love me, you will feed the hungry. If you feed, love me, you will, you will care for the broken. If you love me, you will be a good parent to your kids. If you love me, you will be a good citizen. The big question is do we obey first the great commandment, the greatest commandment? And how can we possibly love him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength? if we don't know him. To know him is to love him. That's why our greatest purpose in our lives, the greatest adventure we can go on, is the adventure of knowing him better. That's why we have spent the last seven, eight weeks in John's gospel, the gospel that reveals who Jesus is. And I want to invite you 
we want to, as a church, in the coming months and years, to make our pursuit of him our primary, our first objective. And guess what? The more we know him, the more we love him, the better evangelists will be, the better we will care for those around us, the better we will, we will, we will feed the hungry, the better we will, we will grow families that are healthy because it begins with him and it ends with him and it's all about him. He is the source of our life. And I finish with this. He is our bread of life. He is the light of our world. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the good shepherd. He is the doorway, the way in. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the true vine. Indeed, he is the great I am. And he is worthy of our praise, our love, and our adoration. To know him is the prerequisite of making him known. Amen.